0: Hey guys we are so excited to share with you the temperaments
1: some of you may have heard of these things habitual ways that we think feel and act they are grounded in our nature but you know what when you start to perfect your nature you start to uh create a great foundation for god's grace to show up and do some amazing things in your life your relationships uh and in your life's mission
0: yeah so stick around i'm really excited to share this with you
1: this is the first of uh, a five-part series yes Ta-ta. See you in there. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt.
0: And I'm Erin.
1: We are the Ingolds. We are the founders of Metanoia Catholic. And we are here to talk coaching in the Catholic world.
0: Yes, where we teach people how to become students of their interior life. And we also train and coach other Catholic coaches.
1: So we're excited to have you with us. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Erin. Hopefully you've been listening long enough so you kind of know who we are, but we're the founders of Metanoia Catholic, and we're excited to talk temperaments today.
0: Yeah. I just realized (laughs) when right before we started, we we both have animals on our shirt. So if you're watching this on YouTube, um, Matt has um, a dolphin. Riding a bicycle.
2: Riding
1: a bicycle. Yes,
0: yes. Okay, so... (laughs) Back to temperaments
1: that has that has a lot to do with actually Erin's sanguine temperament. Yes, um, she very likes to make like things squirrel. very fun. Squirrel, yes, yeah. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these temperaments, I, 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 you may have heard of them. Uh, they're one of the oldest, I think, the oldest personality test that's out there, yeah. and uh, I really like it because it's grounded in nature. Right, mm-hmm. certainly nurture comes into play with what we're going to be sharing here today. But I love getting those natural dispositions because it ties into our understanding of who we are as, as Catholics, yeah. right? Uh, we're not just spirits. We are, also in, we are also bodies. So we're these incarnate mm-hmm. spirits. So the natural inclinations that are in our flesh, in our bodies, which these temperaments extend from— when we start to become students of them, we can really learn a lot about ourselves and see how uh, the body actually plays into a big part of who we yeah. are.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a tradition that goes back years, many years, probably hundreds, um, hundreds of years, maybe thousands. I don't know mm-hmm. of the temperaments within the Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. and so you'll you'll find um, teachings on the temperaments in books like Spiritual Theology by Jordan Allman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also in Father Chad Riberger's book. I, th- I believe St. Thomas Aquinas talked about mm-hmm, these. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough about the history. Yeah, we but haven't really
1: done the research directly to Aquinas, but more indirect scholars of Aquinas. Yes, yeah.
0: but there is certainly, um, has, has been for a very long time, a combination of Catholic tradition and the... Um, temperaments. And so I I know there's a lot of questions out there like, oh, which personality tests are like, okay. And which are not, Mm -hmm. this is okay. This Mm -hmm. is, this is a kosher one. And I feel like, um, we are products of it. I remember being introduced to the temperaments when I was very young. I remember my mom coming home from a talk on the temperaments and she said, you are definitely sanguine, Hmm. maybe a hundred percent. Um, and so I was like, what does that mean? And so it was kind of explained to me. And so that was actually my first introduction to the temperaments. Um, But we're kind of throwing these words around a Mm -hmm. little bit. We're going to start
1: defining our terms. Be the word nerds.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So I think it's just the whiff why this is important for us. Okay. So um, all of us, Mm -hmm. we have this universal call to holiness, right? We're called to grow in holiness. What does growth in holiness entail? Well, One of the big things that's growing in the life of virtue and uh, in order to really grow to a virtuous place, it's very helpful to know where we are right now. Where you begin. Where you begin, right? And what these temperaments uh, have associated with them are habitual ways of thinking, feeling, and acting. So habitual ways that you show up that are just quite natural, they're comfortable mm-hmm. to you. they are dispositions both grounded in our nature, our flesh, but also uh, just grounded in the way that we think, right? Yes. Uh, first and foremost. And the beautiful thing about the life of virtue and what grace does is it has a way of actually transforming our flesh. So these things are not permanent. Um, scholars will tell you that you will never completely eradicate yeah. your uh, original temperaments uh that's really the full redemption of our bodies, and that makes sense theologically, mm-hmm. it's not going to be achieved on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can certainly grow in that imperfect beatitude that perhaps you've heard us talk about, uh, which can really be accomplished by applying virtue, growing in virtue, and that has a trickle-down effect mm-hmm. of grace changing our actu- actually changing our nature to be you know, inclined to different ways of thinking,
2: feeling, yeah. and acting, yeah, or um, towards good.
0: Jordan Amon says, uh, um, the mat- it's the material disposition of the body, mm-hmm. which affects everything from what the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we react, the quickness of our reaction, how long we react to something, our inclination to behavior. So similar to what you said. Um, and as we know, grace can actually change those things.
1: Mm-hmm. Changes our nature.
0: Yes. And how much we actually cooperate with grace can actually change that. So so mm-hmm. the temperaments can be altered depending on where you're at, your environment, but also your free will. Mm-hmm. Like how you open up to God's grace.
1: Yeah, grace has a way of healing our nature, Yes, right? Remember, we believe as Catholics that we don't have a nature that's been transformed by sin. That's more of a Protestant mm-hmm. viewpoint of what sin has done, but rather it's been wounded by sin. And so how do we, how does our nature now, how do we heal it, restore it back to kind of the natural uh, definition of healing, right? Mm-hmm. Even before grace, that comes through the virtues. But then grace has this beautiful effect of actually elevating our natural nature, divinizing our nature, bringing it to a supernatural capacity and uh That's really where we even will uh, uh, eventually, we're going to start exploring how the charisms, right, the spiritual gifts that really only come through a supernatural infusion of God's grace start to build on our nature. So growing in perfection in our natural, which really is kind of looking at our temperaments, we're... Uh, where we can grow in virtue in our temperaments will actually dispose us to receive more of this infused nature and our charisms can operate more efficaciously, effectively, Yeah. Uh, when our nature has been healed in that yes. sense.
0: I have this image of of being like, okay, so our destination is holiness, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in a car and you're like looking for... um a direction, a uh, map, the way to go, mm-hmm. to get to that destination of holiness, you have to know where you are starting. Mm-hmm. You have to know your capacity. You have to know how much mm-hmm. gas you have. You have to know what kind of car you have. Can it make that? You have to know what roads are detoured.
1: Where are you located? Yes. Like, what's your starting point?
0: Where are you located? And this is wh- what the dispositions or the temperaments are. What I love about temperaments is you can tell kids' temperaments very quickly. Mm-hmm because um, they haven't developed virtue. They haven't really actively fought off the vices. They say that Jesus didn't have one temperament. He had the perfection of all of them. So each temperament, sense. each temperament brings um, strengths and weaknesses. And we're going to be talking about this in kind of the series, this podcast series, On the four temperaments and their strengths and weaknesses and what you can do and how you can lean into your strengths, but also how you can kind of combat your weaknesses um, so that you can dispose yourself to that grace so you can dispose yourself to those charisms so you can even actually just experience that healing of Mm -hmm. your temperament.
1: Yeah, I think the word particular comes to mind with this. And so, uh, what you're going to discover as you come to know what your temperaments are and where you at in some of the, uh, habitual vices or habitual virtues that show up. Some virtues are easier based on your temperament. Some vices, you have a greater inclination towards those things. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you focus a little bit more your journey towards holiness. I remember even in my spiritual direction course, one of the things that they, uh, uh, want to help you identify is that dominant vice, right? Perhaps you've heard of this, and it's like, okay, you've got the three vices of sensuality. You're you're kind of uh, uh, you have these excessive appetites towards material goods, or pride, or to vanity, right? And when you come to know those things, it's like, okay, if I focus on my greatest deficit, my greatest vice here, that's where I'm going to have the greatest impact, uh, and Greatest uh, growth moments mm-hmm. in my growth in holiness. In the same way, when we start to focus on our temperaments and know some of the uh, the vices that we are disposed to, greater than perhaps other temperaments, we can start to build um, support systems in our lives to overcome those yeah. things. Uh, we can start to build habits in our lives. We can start to focus a little bit. Even if you're using our journal, how we might journal. In a way to combat those things, because that is where we're going to have our greatest gains. So I love the focus that temperaments uh, have (laughs) helped me. So very
0: choleric of you. Yes. We'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what
1: do you love about knowing your temperaments, Erin?
0: I think it's relationship based. It's kind of like I love knowing my temperaments and how even my defects may be affecting. like other relationships and Mm -hmm. and frustrating other people and that motivates me Mm -hmm. um to kind of move into um to growth and I think that's it but also like knowing other people like anything that's a self-awareness tool I think is incredibly helpful just in growth period but also um in relationship based uh, like knowing your temperament and Mm -hmm. knowing mine and knowing kind of how to motivate you but Mm -hmm. also influence you but also not um really rock the boat too much and kind of like what you're inclined to do so that's helpful for me as well
1: but also like helpful to how you can really love me and affirm me in ways Mm -hmm. that i am inclined to receive it very well it's funny i was talking to uh lisa canning and and uh and her we're her husband Josh they've got some different temperaments and like the way that Aaron and I have different temp- temperaments i've got a secondary temperament of melancholic we'll get into more of what that means but Josh also likes that and Josh and I really like to just kind of sit with our wives and really not doing it like just like sit and be in the presence of the other person but our wives are both very sanguine and i think
0: sanguine cleric so there's sanguine. a predominant <laughs> and then there's a secondary so like we're both i i believe Lisa. Lisa's probably like right in the middle yeah. of both, but I'm way more sanguine and then a little bit of Claire.
1: Yeah, we're, for me, for Erin, like sitting mm-hmm. and just kind of like having, you know, just time where, where there's not really, we're just sitting there, mm-hmm. um, not something that she likes. Yeah. It's just like not, and so it's like being aware of that. If I'm not aware of her sang- of her sanguine temperament and kind of the inclination that she has, I can, re- my mind can start really making that mean something more than it actually does. And it's just like, okay, she doesn't really love me. She doesn't understand me. She yeah. doesn't want me. And then that can cause, those thoughts can kind of spiral and cause some more conflict so in a relationship. very melancholic of him. It mm-hmm. is very melancholic of me. And so like the knowledge of that melancholic disposition in me helps me to kind of Regulate that a little bit more, where yes. I can kind of spiral into kind of these sorrowful thoughts, yeah, and uh, and just be like, eh, no, that's and just challenge them a little bit.
0: And also, here's another thing I want to say. This is a really important point because I've seen a lot of people do this. We've taught our coaches um, about their own temperaments, mm-hmm. but also how to work with people in specific temperaments. How helpful it is. To know a client's temperaments and temperament, and remind me—I do have a story about that. But um, I think what people can tend to do is use their temperament as an excuse, as an excuse to not grow. Like, here's the box that I'm in, and so therefore you you have to be okay with that. Yeah,
1: it's not now, meant to be a label,
0: and it's not meant to just stay in. It's mm-hmm. it's. I want you guys to think of if God was like a sculptor or you know, I don't know what it is. is that a sculptor? When you yes, kind of, okay. yes, it's the material that he's using to create this beautiful masterpiece. That's what the temperament is. It's that material disposition,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so it kind of depends on how hard it is, how much manipulation you need, how much how much strength and uh, creativity you need, and mm-hmm. how malleable something is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That those are our temperaments, but we're not meant to just stay stagnant we are meant to actually move to what Jesus was like, where he just had all of the perfect sides, the light side of the temperament, Mm -hmm. the good side of the temperament, and none of the negative side of the temperament. Mm -hmm. I take it as a compliment. Um, I would take it as a compliment, but nobody's ever given me this compliment. If they go, Oh, you're sanguine. I had no idea Mm. that was St. Teresa of Avila. I mean, one thing about sanguines is they can be very superficial and kind of top level, you know, like never really go deep as a, have a very hard time with contemplation and meditation because they just love fun and they love people and they love, like they get distracted very easily. They're
2: they're, they're all over. Yeah.
0: And St. Teresa of Avila was sanguine and you would not know this because she's, she's a doctor of the church. She uh, contemplated, she got, I mean, there was, she was very far into Mm -hmm. contemplation. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that is the goal here. It's not to to lie stagnant. It's not to be like, well, you just have to be okay with my sanguine temperament. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think there is kind of a tendency towards believing that that's kind of where we're just sitting.
1: Yeah. It's very helpful to kind of put language to where you are. And uh, I mean, Aaron and I will use kind of like, okay, this is my melancholic showing up. And so that communicates Mm -hmm. a lot to Aaron when I can say something like that, or this is where my choleric, my dominant choleric is showing up. Um, it, it, helps there. So it's, it's a great, I think knowing the temperaments, it's a great, uh, skill to, um, in to, uh, for relationships, to improving relationships, your language or communication in relationships uh, and understanding the other person, being seen where you are, uh, not to be used as a label, but just kind of just in a very humble way saying, this is kind of where I am right now. And so uh, it also helps to kind of that Galatians chapter six, bear one another's burdens patiently. Yeah. So when I know that Aaron may have a greater disposition towards, like say, for example, with her sanguine, uh, they tend not to be the most disciplined people. Um, and so if I know that there is something that is going to require a, a high amount of discipline that we need to accomplish, it's just not really a natural disposition yet for mm-hmm. Aaron. And so it's going to require uh, her to summon a lot more fortitude mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be harder work for her she, you know if we're using that sculptor anal- analysis she's going to have to chisel a lot harder and swing the hammer a lot more than perhaps I would because yeah. of my choleric disposition um, having just being inclined a little bit more towards that disciplined lifestyle
0: but I am inclined to obedience mm-hmm. That's so right. if if Matt or our team were to be like like kind of say Aaron, we need this from you by this time. Mm-hmm. I'm more, I'm way more willing to get it done and to complete it at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's gonna be completely done. That's another thing that it's like we do not, we're not finishers. We start, we get really excited, we get other people excited, but then we don't necessarily finish it. Mm-hmm. But it's always so good to know that on a team. I wanna share a story. I was coaching somebody, and um, I think understanding your temperament kind of eradicates a lot of shoulds, especially in the spiritual life. Like people think holiness looks like this, you know, all the time. And I was, I was coaching somebody and, um, I was noticing this person was having a lot of judgments for her sister. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, tell me what, you know, all of this stuff. And what she described to me is her sister was very sanguine. And I was, and And we kind of got into it and then there was like, I feel like I'm judging it because I have these two and I'm really kind of ashamed. Like Mm -hmm. I I have these these tendencies and I'm ashamed of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And she was ashamed of it because.
0: Because she had a lot of thoughts about it. And
1: yeah, she had a manual for what holiness looked like.
0: A holiness and and just living a better life, like Mm -hmm. living a well balanced life.
1: Yeah. And those sanguine characteristics did not fit.
0: Yes. But I I was like, what's your temperament? And she was like, melancholic? I was like, I kind of don't think so. (laughs) I'm like, this kind of like opposite of what you described to me. Like all these things that you're so ashamed of. Like, you know, these uh, natural
1: inclinations that you have.
0: Yeah. And I was like, here's what I want you to do. Go take the temperament test. And she had taken the temperament test years ago. And it was kind of like at this like difficult point in her life. So it was, I mean, these are all things that you need to take into account too. If you're a little different than what you nor- normally are, if you're going through something, if you're going through a mourning period or anything like that, those things need to be taken into account before you take these tests. But Yeah,
1: it's going to impact the results.
0: So anyway, later that night, I was like, send me the results. It was sanguine. Cause, and then I, I started coaching her. I was like, here's what I want to show you. I want to show you like the light side of sanguine, like the positive sides of sanguine. Mm -hmm. How about we lean into those and stop judging it so harshly because Mm -hmm. that was half of the problem. So when you know your temperament, you can have a lot of self-compassion, not to the point of being like, we're just staying here and staying stagnant, but you can have self-compassion and you can really, really lean into your strengths. Like docility, obedience is something that, comes very easily to me actually Mm -hmm. as a sanguine also joy and happiness and looking at the the bright side of things, Mm -hmm. you know, you want me around, you do want me around, especially if there's a lot of melancholics in the group, I might drive them crazy, but in order to kind of stay afloat, you want the sanguine around. You want the cheerleader of the team. Yeah, so.
1: one of the things I like about knowing your your uh, your temperaments also is it helps you to kind of refine the things that you say yes to and the things that you say mm-hmm. no yes. to, right? So for me, like if if somebody needed me to be a an MC for an event, all right, I'm I've got a choleric melancholic, and we're gonna we're gonna have a po- this is like gonna be a part of a series here, folks, mm-hmm. where we're gonna go into each we're gonna have a podcast dedicated to each one of the four temperaments. Uh, and we're going to ch- talk about how they, they interact with one another and their mm-hmm. secondary and, pro- and, and dominant and, and, and uh, secondary temperaments that you have. Um, but back to this, if, if, if the goal of that MC was to move the evening along and get people where they needed to go uh, throughout the evening and tee things up, I could do a great job with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm just very organized with that. And I can be very directive with like, okay, it's time for this. Go here. It's time for this. Go there. But if my job was to, like, build up excitement and really get like, say, for example, if it was a wedding. Right. And you needed to get people out onto the dance floor,
0: which was a job of mine. (laughs)
1: Like it's not necessary. It doesn't lend itself to the natural ways that I could that I would go about that task, right? Um, It doesn't mean that I couldn't do it, but it wouldn't feel very authentic to me, all right? And so there'd be a little bit of resistance. So I would have to really focus and concentrate hard to operate in a capacity outside of those natural inclinations, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's not saying that I'm lacking in virtue because I don't have that disposition to really get people motivated and excited about something. It's just... It, it, I think it speaks more to how God is the mission that God has put me on in the body of Christ, yes. right? Because we're not meant to be able to do all things. I think that the, if if that was the case, we would have no need for one another. And I think Augustine even talks about this, uh, where it's like the reason why we have these these uh, these defects is so that we have we we're we're kind of forced to lean on one another yeah. and say no, uh, please bring your gift, bring your strength to the Mm -hmm. table.
0: Yeah. It made me think of, um, so when you interviewed father bill, um, on the strengths, he said a quote, which I love so much. And I think we can add to it, but when you align talent, meaning the strengths, talent and task, you'll never work a day again in your life. Yeah. And the same thing when you align. temperament talent and a task
1: mm-hmm. yeah you never work a day in your life yeah, yeah I, and, and Aaron's starting to bring in a little bit of those Clifton strengths I'm, I'm in the process of getting mm-hmm. my final certification with them and those are also uh, from social science data natural ways habitual ways that we think feel and act uh, that can be productively applied and so we've uh, seen
0: that there's like there because there's 34 of them and then there's four temperaments and we've seen like I bet you every sanguine. People who have a predominant sanguine temperament have positivity in their top. Have 10.
1: positivity per the strengths finder yeah. report. Yes. Or you know, people that have melancholic are inclined towards an intellection or heavy on the thinking mm-hmm. themes or people that are choleric are very strong on the belief side of things. Or and
0: execution. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's all anecdotal, right? Yes. It's kind of something that we, we're, we're going to undertake and explore a little bit as we start to get more data in on these things. But yeah. back to the temperaments, because I think these, uh, I mean, these have really woven their way into psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Divine Mercy University will do little nods to these things as well. And that's really a great it, psychological science institution, Catholic institution.
0: We do it in our training. Mm-hmm. So we have actually, this is kind of cool. We have um, a thing called Catholic Coaching Foundations coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's our theory behind how to help somebody. How to? It's like kind of an intro into coaching. Mm-hmm. If you're kind of like dabbling, you're like, I don't know if Catholic Coaching is for me. And I really want to be a Catholic coach. It's a great kind of jumping off place. Mm -hmm. But in that course, we teach you on how to kind of a understand your own temperament, but also the person you're working with, Mm -hmm. the person you're talking to, how to appeal to them. Because what could happen is if you have a a choleric, a powerful choleric coming in and working with a peaceful phlegmatic, they might be like, all right, I want you to do this, 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 this. And the peaceful phlegmatic is not quite as motivated (laughs) as the powerful Mm -hmm, choleric. mm -hmm. However, they're a people pleaser sometimes because they want harmony. They want peace. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be like, yes, yes. And then they won't do it. So, (laughs) so really that's kind of to kind of keep those understand when you're working with somebody or you're mentoring somebody or you're ministering to somebody, taking in what their temperament is and really understanding what motivates them Mm -hmm. and leaning into those. It really helps very much. So we have that that co- that class, mm-hmm. yeah, and that Even was actually that a lesson. lot of people's favorite class. Yeah, like. yeah.
1: Even that lesson, I think, is worth it alone for just the, the yes. getting the Catholic Coaching Foundations course, but also um, as parents, this has been very helpful mm. for me in, in uh, being a parent because um, I know that my cleric has uh, a very. Well, we'll talk more about this when we get into that podcast, but a very <laughs> it can respond very quickly and and very intensely with emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's often one, one, one of the thoughts I'm often capturing uh, as a parent is I'm about to throw this kid across the room. Yes. Right. So
0: glad you don't act. on I'm it,
1: so though. glad I don't act on that. And I disrupt that model. But like that is I, that is I, I know. So I've captured that thought enough to know that I'm still kind of inclined towards it. But where I'm doing my work now is like, OK, I know this is an indication of a poverty of charity in mm-hmm. me and so now rather than that being an inclination towards sin it's starting to move They're into throwing an inclination her out the window. Mm, yeah or or losing my kid or having you know child mm-hmm. protective services calling me like that now it is an opportunity to pray to recognize that poverty to repent renounce kind of yes. engage in that spiritual battle and then and Pray for the grace, and again, grace comes and it changes our nature, so pray for the infusion of grace, the infusion of charity that is going to come in through my soul and make its way into my body and start to actually change and temper that disposition to react quite violently in those situations. It also is really in in understanding that my daughter, Erin and I have kind of like just been very observant, of Avila.
0: It and it's taken like, us forever to figure out what her temperament what is, which her? is an indicator that it's probably an introverted temperament. Mm-hmm. And we will break down these at the end of this. We're just going to tell you what they are and really what, like the most basic way of describing yeah. them.
1: But yeah, we think that she's either like a, a melancholic choleric or, or vice versa. Which I kind of tilt her. Yeah. Opposite. Yeah, I'm choleric melancholic. And so, like, what are some of the little indicators that we saw? So, like, she'll be like putting her clothes on she's just getting to this very particular she wants to put the she wants to put them on in a certain order which Mm -hmm. kind of seems to be like melancholic very process driven there's a perfect way of doing this and when it it gets off there that's where the cleric shows up when it's not going the way that it ought to in her mind that's when the cleric (laughs) shows up and she goes oh we'll be upstairs and all of a sudden downstairs we'll just hear this (laughs) kind of like this (laughs) scream and uh And for me, rather than judging that and showing up and saying, be quiet, don't yell, don't yell, like recognizing this is kind of like a natural disposition. There's a frustration towards some sort of stimulus. How can I show up and in a way that starts to guide her in how to experience that emotion um, a little bit more, you know, in a little bit more of a balanced way. And I know this, me showing up with my choleric emotion, going, Mm -hmm. showing up and yelling myself,
0: never works. No,
1: It never works. It actually exacerbates the problem. Parents, can you identify? I'm not by myself here, right? Oh, yeah. Can you identify? Yes, yes. Okay.
0: I noticed with with, um, Avila, when she would get frustrated about those things, it's just to go over and talk to her about it. Like, not to be like, hey, don't, like, just relax, relax, mm-hmm. relax. But like, mm-hmm. just go over and be like, you know, it happened last year. Actually, she was trying to ride the bike and she was just like frustrated, and like through the bike. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I went over and I was like, sometimes you just need to practice a little bit more. And we mm-hmm. sing Daniel Tiger songs. Try, 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 try it again. It works. I'm like, this is part, this is part of learning something so you can enjoy it. And that was the choleric that it, and that's a way to like actually like speak to a cleric child is to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. They calm down immediately. You don't react with another cleric reaction,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you, you kind of just explain it to them. And so it's been incredibly helpful for parenting. Once we figured out what her temperament was, it took forever to figure it <laughs> out. But like she's very contemplative, very like took everything in, watched everything very smart. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's not from me. I don't know who that's from, but, like, very, very smart. That's and my choleric that's pride That's usually, showing up. like, the melancholic hey, and the choleric, you know. That combo, you kind of know those. That's usually somebody who has those two temperaments.
1: Great. So we've been talking a lot building a case for, you know— why we love these temperaments, how they've helped us, how, how they can help you in your relationships and just your own journey in holiness and growing in virtue by giving you a very clear starting point and helping guide also the areas of focus the, that are going to help you get the most gains uh, as quickly as possible in your growth in holiness. Um, let's talk about what they are. You want to okay. just do a quick run through, Aaron? Sure. Okay.
0: The best way I've ever heard them described is... Um, I'm going to do it in two ways, actually. And then I'm going to tell you really their main dis- distinctions between mm-hmm. them. Um, they're a pattern of response, a pattern of inclination towards a response. So mm-hmm. there's a stimuli that happens and a melancholic will respond very differently from, uh, from a sanguine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to talk about each one of those two. So and when we
1: talk about responses, too, I like refining response, even using the language that we use. Responding a, a habitual way that they think that they feel Mm -hmm. in a way that they act. Yes.
0: Yeah. So um, we'll start with the powerful cleric. These Mm -hmm. are the people who are the CEOs. They are the leaders of, they'll come into a room and if there is no leader, they will immediately take the lead. Mm -hmm. Um, They're powerful. Like you just know them when they come into a room. Mm -hmm. They Um, make
1: their presence known.
0: Yes. So I like using that word powerful. It's like, and these are all P words, so we'll stick with a theme here. Mm-hmm. Powerful cleric. Um, if you were to watch Winnie the Pooh, it, every Winnie the Pooh character has a temperament. It's Rabbit mm-hmm. from Winnie the Pooh. It's like the one who kind of comes in and bosses people around. Sometimes they're bossy. Mm-hmm. Um, and But you do want a cleric on a team because they're the ones who execute. They get things done.
1: Yeah, they make decisions happen in a place of indecisiveness. Mm-hmm. They move things forward. They're inclined towards... Uh, achieving certain goals. And so uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I tend to think that those choleric personalities may have, even if we go to Clifton Strengths. Uh, I'm curious if, if there's Achiever that's showing up there, mm-hmm. if Command is something that is showing up there as well, uh, one of those influence and talents. But yeah, um, yeah we want to break down and really get curious about that as we start uh, rolling out this test. We're going to be rolling out a test uh, that we're, is in development that is not only going to give you your temperaments, but it's also going to give you your top charisms as well and give you some information in the results uh, report on how your temperament, mm-hmm. to you, uh, and your charisms, particularly you, um, can be a guide for how you show up in a way that really builds the kingdom and steps into your place in the body of Christ. So yeah. Exciting stuff. Stay tuned.
0: Amen. Yeah. Okay. So we have the powerful cleric, mm-hmm. Rabbit, from Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Second one. The popular sanguine. This is Tigger. This is the one who's bouncing all over the place. They're like kind of at a party talking to everybody.
1: Everything is fun.
0: Everything is fun. They're motivated by fun and excitement and shiny new objects. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you always thought it was like, um, it was most people with ADD, maybe it's just, they're just all sanguine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that that's probably it you know they're kind of like distracted by a lot of things you
1: just like to be around them mm-hmm. they tend to be people that that you enjoy being around I, I think of like you can get on the phone with these sanguins and just spend time with them I think of John Edwards on my team definitely yeah. a sanguine guy he's got a great podcast and uh and it's just very natural for him for him to get on there but so often like I've had to grow in temperaments of like how, temperance and how much time I spend on the phone with him because it's just I, I just enjoy being yeah, on the phone with him. Good drawn in, and it's just like, oh my gosh! All right, no further. You know, it's like,
2: ooh,
0: yes.
1: What yes. were you
2: What were you calling about?
0: Yeah. So that's um, the sanguine. Actually, mm-hmm. I didn't do the the reactions. We'll come back to mm-hmm. that. Um, so the sanguine. This is somebody who knows everyone. Probably not their name but remember stories that they told them like this. Every hairdresser I know is a sanguine. <laughs>
2: um,
0: usually they are creative um, and they can struggle with vanity and like how they look. Cause there is that superficiality. Mm-hmm. But of course all these things can be kind of mitigated and worked against. Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to get into more of the vices, 10 vices and virtues that are uh, that these temperaments are naturally inclined towards. Um, and really what when you can we get do. into the, uh, yeah. specific episodes on each temperament,
0: um, number three of the, the perfect melancholic, this mm-hmm. is, um, Eeyore, um, a little bit more motivated, not motivated, but like drawn towards sadness, you know, mm-hmm. melancholy, you know that word, mm-hmm. um, which is why we put them in Eeyore, but also our, um, particular, um, very easily go into the contemplation meditation
2: mm-hmm. in
0: the spiritual life. Um, I don't know what it was, Reverend. Some what is this guy? There was some book on it, but he was saying that the choleric and the melancholic actually are most disposed to becoming saints. Yeah. So Matt is <laughs> both of those. I was like, you gotta check that pride though. Yeah. So, you ain't a saint <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that on the way. work in progress. Yeah. So that is so the melancholic. Um, And choleric, they can really enter into contemplation. They're both um, more willing, like have that real willingness to enter Mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. They're usually very artistic as well. The melancholics, Um, they are composers like Michelangelo. Like they just...
1: Introverted.
0: Introverted, yes. So first two, extroverted, choleric, sanguine, extroverted. The second two, melancholic, phlegmatic, are introverted
1: so phlegmatic the peaceful phlegmatic
0: that's winnie the pooh that's poo Mm -hmm. they can be they're very diplomatic you like being around phlegmatics they're Mm -hmm. stoic they don't really show a lot of emotion doesn't incline
1: towards harmony
0: yeah it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. they don't have emotion but they are just a little more stoic like Mm -hmm. you can't really see them i have a lot of phlegmatics in my family um and it showed up you know it always shows up especially when or mourning somebody, mm-hmm. you know, there's that element, but you know what? You want them on a team because they are constant. They are consistent mm-hmm. and they, um, they're just peaceful. Yeah.
1: They don't necessarily the get fe- feathers, phlegmatic. feathers yes. ruffled by circumstances or very slow to respond. Uh, mm-hmm. but oftentimes they can be, uh, somewhat apathetic and, uh, lack motivation. And so yeah. this is where father Chad Ripperger actually said, it was fascinating listening to a podcast he had on the temperaments. Um, he says that these are the ones that are have the toughest time becoming saints, plagmatics, like and it has to do with the um, kind of that emotion of apathy or the lack of emotion. Because think of this. Emotion is fuel for action, right? Fuel mm-hmm. for transformation. And so when we just kind of have a meh you know, approach to things uh, or we lack the drama, right, that often a, a choleric, uh, or even a melancholic feel, inclined towards like cholerics can get very dramatic. Melancholics can get very dramatic mm-hmm. in different ways. Well, so but that yeah, yeah but that dr- that lack of drama, that drama al- also often uh, creates tension, right? I think of even story brand
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, Don Miller and the way that he talks about uh, when you're selling something, if there's no drama in the story, people aren't going to feel inclined to move. Well, that's kind of where the sang or excuse me, the phlegmatic uh, can live is, you know, they want to uh, keep the peace, mm-hmm. avoid conflicts. Um, but often it can go to excess where there is just no movement. Mm-hmm. And we know that stagnation is never something like nobody is born a saint. Right. Yeah. Except for the blessed mother. But <laughs> I mean, conceived. like yeah, yeah, conceived. Yeah. Conceived a saint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, uh, but the, yeah, that's, that's where the phlegmatic kind of mm-hmm. missed the mark. You wanted to talk about just the ways of responding, how yes. the reaction speeds and things yes. like that. This is interesting because um, we're just talking about emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And emotion inclines us to act. And uh, this starts to give a little bit of an insight as to how uh, each one of these temperaments reacts to circumstances.
0: Yeah. So there's a stimulus. Let's just say it's an upsetting stimulus. Mm-hmm. And the powerful choleric would react quickly and strongly Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and actually hold on to that reaction for a long amount of time. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So we can give an example.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Somebody says something unkind to them Mm -hmm. and they blow up and then they hang on to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's grudge.
1: resent. Like I am going to, I am going to do silent treatment on you. Vengeance. And like it is. Yeah. I, cause there, the cleric can be, uh, can tend towards anger and anger seeks vindication. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. which is why unforgiveness can also be something that is a, uh, a, a natural disposition, not a good one of the cleric, mm-hmm. uh, but a way of growing in virtue here too. Uh, So yeah, I could, I could get very mad Mm -hmm. and then I could also hold on a grudge for a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So sanguine reacts quickly as well. Mm -hmm. It's an extroverted reaction Mm -hmm. similar to the um, choleric, but they're, they're over it in like five seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't, even the memory of the thing that comes back doesn't actually aggravate any emotions in them. So they act quickly. Um, they kind of blow up and then they move on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. So that is they let go of it. They're easy to for, they they're quick to forgive and they move forward.
1: Yeah. So I think of even even like another image of these things. The cleric is kind of like that that big bomb that goes off, right? The two thousand pound bomb, but also like has an incendiary effect associated <laughs> with it so not only is there a big blast mm-hmm. but there is a smoldering growing fire raging fire that comes yes. forth from it afterwards where the sanguine blast but no incendiary so it's just kind of like well, it the, like kind of poofs out yeah it's a description
0: it of just like dry grass on a fire pit yes and it just goes sh- poof, and then it goes away that's it yeah um the perfect melancholic. They are slow to react, mm-hmm. slow to respond, slow to be stimulated, mm-hmm. but over time, they will react, and it's usually an internal reaction, but they'll hold on to a grudge. That is, that's
1: And it can grow, a it's a slow burn, yes. but it can grow over time. It can actually be quite intense. Yeah. Though it's slow, it starts slow, like you just kind of go, like the, where my melancholic can show up if somebody says something about me, I kind of, negative i can go kind of more Interior. interiorly and just start to be like okay where is this true and and then start to assess and then be like well they shouldn't have said this no that hurt and it can kind of go to this place where all of a sudden now i am really interiorly building this resentment towards mm-hmm. this person that is quite intense and you can hold on to it it feels very heavy um mm-hmm. and there's a there's an attachment to it
0: And then the final one, the peaceful phlegmatic, they are slow to respond if they respond at all.
1: Yeah. It's a wet fire.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They, they (laughs) might like, they might not have any, like they, they'll just let go of it. They're quick to forgive. Mm -hmm. If they, if they pick up on any offense, which they rarely do, um, they'll be quick to forgive Mm because peace is like the most important thing to them. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we get wet fires with the phlegmatics. We have the slow burn to kind of, uh, but quite destructive with the melancholics. We have Mm -hmm. the uh, quick blast or the dry grass with the sanguines and how they respond. And then we have the 2,000 pound bomb with the incendiary after effects of the choleric, right? Now, these all sound very destructive, Right, but also fire is something that can be very useful. Right, it can kind of when it's when it's tempered, it can be something Mm -hmm. that uh, that can be directed towards the good. So in the same way, like as we grow in virtue of each one of these natural inclinations, Mm -hmm. as we perfect these things, right, the passion of the cleric, like I think of uh, Saint Louis de Montfort, right, very passionate guy. but also could be routed towards the good, right? St. Paul. St. Paul, Also quite passionate. St. Peter, quite passionate. Uh, These things can be routed in in ways that are are quite saintly, right? Yeah. And beautiful. Yeah. So I think that's what we got for today.
0: That's it. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to have some following podcasts talking about each one of them their their dispositions their kind of natural dispositions their natural vices natural virtues and even how to um we're going to give you guys some journal exercises if you mm-hmm. are this temperament and mm-hmm. what might be helpful in our journal
1: for right those. right yeah. we're going to be exploring this in the academy also in the month of july of 2022 and so we're going to have a permanent workshop in there mm-hmm. and uh we're going to have this test stay tuned for this test uh, that's going to be coming out. So
0: The cool thing that's a little different too is that we are going to be coaching you on your temperament. Mm-hmm. So like you guys can go and take a temperaments quiz anywhere. Most of them are free online. Like, what do I do with this? But y- you don't really know. And so there's that element of staying stagnant mm-hmm. in that temperament and not really growing. And so we're really going to be focusing on help you helping you grow, leaning into your strengths and eradicating your weaknesses.
1: hmm so stick around. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe so you get notifications of these things. Uh, and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Please write a review also for the podcast. Uh, that really helps. All these little things that we're sharing here, if you like this message, it really helps us to reach more people mm-hmm. with this. And we, uh, we really want that. <laughs> I yeah. think this is stuff that's uh, going to be very helpful for people to know. And we want to make it easily accessible. So please write us a review. And we'll give you a shout-out on our podcast. That's All right. God bless. Hey, folks. We hope you enjoy listening to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. We want to invite you to take up our journal, the Metanoia Daily 7, 7 Exercises to Renewing Your Mind. If you want to experience daily transformation, go to metanoiacatholic.com and get
2: the journal. Treat yourself.